Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to this next edition of the Professional Touch podcast. Uh, and today is a big one and it means a lot to uh, Joe, Graham and I because uh, we're part of this amazing network and this amazing network has got a founder and the founder has come to uh, speak to us today and it is Dr. Ivan Meisner. Thank you, uh, Ivan, for coming along. Uh, truly my pleasure, Gary. I'm happy to be here. Brilliant. Um, I'm so I'm so pleased you've come on, uh, and that's purely because we've used the power of your network, uh, which is the largest network in the world, uh, and we've used that brilliantly to set up what we've set up, which is adding value to our um, sort of the people that follow us. Uh, so we are in property and business, and what we want to do is add value to them and to help them grow within property and business with the professionals that are around us. So we'd like to bring you on board, um, especially because you've got a, a, the largest network in the world. Uh, just to add some advice uh, and and sort of give some insights. So collectively, we've got some questions for you. Um, and well, what I'm happy to answer them. And if I if I could just answer one thing uh, or, or say one thing, uh, talking about value, uh, you know, last year uh, BNI passed over 12 million referrals uh, worldwide. We generated about 20.4 billion. That's billion with a B. 20.4 billion. U.S. dollars worth of business for our members. That those uh, 12 million referrals generated 20 billion in business. Now, here's an interesting statistic: If BNI were a country, our thank you for Glow's business um, adds up to more than 77 countries in the world. G their GDP. So our thank you for Glow's business is larger than 77 countries GDP. If BNI were a country, we would be the 113th largest country in gross domestic product uh, in terms of business for our members. So uh, I, I, that's a statistic that just blows me away in terms of adding value to uh, business people in local communities all around the world. And it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and each week when we meet up, so we meet up weekly, uh, those those stats are upon, on our screen. So Graham uh, gets those stats up on screen to make sure that we are aware of this because it is quite phenomenal. When you put that into context of what it is and what it means and yeah. how much money is being generated just by the power of having a structure, it's it's amazing. So really appreciative. And that's why I want to pass on to Graham, especially uh, as he brought me into this amazing network. Uh, he's got some amazing questions. Uh, so I'll let you kick off, Graham. Thank you very much. And um, good to see you again, Ivan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's good to be seen. Good man. I um one one of the questions I did want to ask you was um if you could travel back in time, what would you advise your younger self when it came to your business and property strategy? So retail, real estate. Well, so my business and my property strategy. You want both? Well, and how would how would those two interlink differently if yeah. you? went and spoke to your younger self, how would you advise them? Well, I, I would say do what you're doing, uh, because I, what most people don't know is that I actually started an investment property business three years before I started BNI. So I have uh, an investment property company that has been around longer than BNI has been around. I've got about 12 commercial properties now all in uh, the Texas. I moved out of California to and bought properties in, in Texas. So I've, I've been investing in real estate for many, many years. Uh, and, and in the same way, uh, now real estate, unlike BNI, real estate goes up and down and up and down. And um, the key is, for me, the key has been uh, buy and hold. So I have tried to never, ever sell real estate when the market was down. Uh, I have uh, held on to it until 
the market is in a better place if if I wanted to to sell it. So uh, I'm a I'm an investor in real estate for a long time um, and have made a boatload of money in real estate over the years. Um, BNI, uh, I would I would say to myself, um, live your values, and if you live your values, um, you're going to do well in business. Uh, and and I I'd see I, one thing that I would say is don't worry so much. Because I have a tendency, I mean, I earned all this gray hair. I, you know, I, 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 I will work a problem and work a problem and work a problem and I'll probably work it too hard too long. I think I'd say to myself, you know, don't beat, your, don't beat yourself up so much when you come up with a, a solution, just go with it and don't worry as much about it and continue to live your values. So for those of you who are listening to this, if you don't know what your values are, if I ask, give me your top seven values in life, and you couldn't just rattle them off, then you need to sit down and think about what your values are. Because if you don't know your values, other people are going to create them for you, and they may not be the values that you want to live by. So I've been pretty good about um, creating values for myself and living those values. I would say continue down that road and don't and stop worrying so much. Fantastic. And so so the a couple of things I, I take from that is, is probably continue being your authentic self and, and your values. Um, but also um patience, which is is yeah. something I, I kind of live by as well. And I'm not always a patient person. So I do need to yeah. sometimes remind myself of patience. So yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, be be your authentic self. Unless you're Batman, then you know, be Batman. <laughs> don't don't tell people. <laughs> you know, yeah, be be your authentic self but and be the best version of yourself. I mean, I've met some authentic people that I thought were bad word, bad word people. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you don't want to be that, but uh, you, you do want to be the best version of your authentic self. No question. Lovely. Thank you. Back over to you, Gary. Thanks for that, Ivan. That's brilliant. And, and for me, um, I'm a property guy as well. So when you, I like a saying, uh, you don't wait to buy property, you buy property and wait. Because yep. it goes up and down, and I can totally, totally relate to the uh, the way that it makes you feel sometimes, uh, and especially earning your grey hairs. Even though I only got a few on my chin at the minute, um, I have earned those. Give it, give it time. I know. <laughs> I know. The thing is, Shaped I think I should off. have more. I think I should have a lot more because it's. Uh, hey, listen. You know, I don't mind that I have grey hair. I'm just glad I still have hair. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm happy about. Yeah, Graham wishes he wishes he still had hair. But uh, you still we're, not, we're not talking about that, Graham. We're not allowed to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> well, thank you, Graham. Uh, what I'm going to do is pass you on to Joe now. What we're going to do is keep going around because I like the structure. And the reason I like structure is something else that I learned from your amazing network is let's follow a structure because when you follow a structure, you're more inclined to get more business. Um, yeah. So, Joe, what I'd like yeah. to do is over to you. Thank you very much, Gary. Um, Ivan, firstly, that was a, a fantastic answer. I think one of the things that appealed to me with, with the BNI network is that it's a values-driven organisation. Um, starting with give us gain as the founding principle and the other six values that follow on reminds me a lot actually of, of Jim Rohn who was a mentor that I've listened to a lot of his material sadly he's no longer with us um, but he talks about the philosophy that underpins the business as being the foundation for everything and that's something very much that we're trying to build into our organization here um, Jim Rohn's not with us but I heard you say uh, a couple of weeks ago before International Networking Week that people are sometimes surprised to find that the founder of BNI is still walking the earth um, and I am <laughs> delighted yeah it was that. it was actually someone uh, it was a gentleman from India who 
came up to me and he was so nice. And he was like, oh, you know, sir, I'm so proud that, that uh, to meet you. And it, it's such an honor to know that the founder of an organization is still alive. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty pleased about that myself. <laughs> every, every day on the right side of the grass is a good day. That's yeah. right. Um, I, I was going to say that I'm fortunate that a lot of the people that I've looked up to and, and admired in business are, are kind of still going. And if I was building my dream power team, um, another of the great BNI concepts, um, you would very much be part of it. I, I would also invite Gary Keller from Keller Williams as a yeah. UK realtor, followed a lot of his writings and work. Um, Dr. Tom Peters, the former McKinsey consultant behind In Search of Excellence and uh, has dedicated his career to looking at excellence in business. And uh, probably Robert Kiyosaki, because as with many people, he started my journey in property. And finally, the British entrepreneur, Richard Branson, the guy behind the Virgin brand. And I was wondering if you could create a global power team of mentors present or even from, from the archives and from the past, who would be your principal kind of mentors and people you'd like to share the table with? Well, I, I would share it with some of the people that you just uh, named. Uh, Tom Peters uh, was kind enough to just uh, um, allow me to quote one of his books, a, a fairly extensive quote, actually. I mean, we're not talking about a couple of sentences. It was like a page long. Um, and he just recently um, gave me permission to to do that. So uh, I, I don't know Tom well, but um, I know him well enough that he was willing to do that. Uh, I um uh, I know Richard Branson pretty well. I was just there a week ago uh, on Necker Island. I spent a week on Necker with uh, Richard and a number of other really successful people. What I love about Richard is that his ego does not enter the room before he does. Uh, he is a, a very humble uh, person. And I have said for years, uh, humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. And I think he certainly qualifies as that. He would definitely be in it. Uh, Jack Canfield, who's a very close friend, uh, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and he wrote uh, Success Principles. Uh, mm -hmm. I know Jack really well. See him several times a year. Uh, he would be, he would definitely be in in that. And probably Michael Gerber, who wrote the book The E Myth, the Entrepreneurial Myth. Um, Michael's another really good friend who I didn't know until um, I was on a radio show and um, was talking about books that influenced me when I started BNI, and I mentioned the E-Myth, and this is back in 1990. Uh, and uh, guess who I got a call from? Michael. <laughs> He's like, hey, I want to thank you for talking about my book. It's been out for five years, and so to have somebody talk about it on the radio was really powerful. And and I just spoke to Michael last week, and, and Jack last week, and, and, and well, two weeks ago, and saw uh, Richard last week. So these are people that um, I really admire and um, consider mentors. So even at the level that you're dealing at, the power of network and the, the power of your social group and your networking group is still fundamental to what you're doing. Yeah, I think it. I think for anyone that wants to be uh, successful in life or wants to continue to grow, um, you know, you have to rely on uh, creating a, a powerful personal network, people mm -hmm. that are there for you. And, and I think oftentimes people think of this differently. You know, the old expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I don't believe it's either. I don't believe it's what you know or who you know. It's how well you know them that mm. counts. That's yeah. the key. The question you have to ask yourself is, if you picked up your phone and you called them, would they, would they take your call? And if you asked them for a favor, would they be willing to do the favor? 
it's not what you know or who you know. It's how well you know them that really counts. And I know for a fact that several of those people I named, I could pick up the phone or email them um, and ask them for a favor and they'd be willing to do it. Brilliant, insightful answer, thank you. Yeah, again, amazing. Uh, just, just to know, I mean, one of my big heroes is Richard Branson. Yeah. Uh, what a phenomenal guy. Um, I've done a lot of work with with children, um, especially with autism uh, and with dyslexia. So um, I worked on um, the Red Arrows. So the Red Arrows is in the Royal Air Force. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're the display team. Um, but it's a great opportunity for me to then go out there and start talking to and inspiring uh, dyslexic or autistic children. Uh, which was great because I got the uh, Dyslexia Network to come down there and got them. I spoke about Richard Branson uh, just so fondly because he does. He never focused on the labels. He focused on yeah. his strengths. And that's what, again, with this this podcast, this is what we want to do is get people to focus on the strengths. Yeah, and, and, and I'm assuming that, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, but most people may not know Richard is dyslexic and he has no problem, you know, uh, talking about it. Um, and he certainly hasn't, used it as a crutch to not achieve success in life. He's understood the challenge and he's worked his way through it. And, that, and that's exactly what I used to do. I used to talk about him as well as some other famous uh, dyslexic people to say, look, they've not focused on the labels. Just focus on what you want to do and where you want to go yeah. and work at your strengths. Just ignore the labels and ignore what society gives you. Look at what Richard Branson has done and achieved. And it's not yeah. to look at him and say, well, he's not good enough. It's just that, I don't care attitude. I'm going to, I know where my strengths are, which everybody should do uh, and move forward. So that brings, and it's not like he came from money because he didn't come from money. So, you know, he, he created the person he is and the success he is. Yeah. And he takes massive action. Uh, and that's what I like. He, he looks for the opportunity and who can help him out and how he, they can get to somewhere. Um, I like, I've, I've listened to a lot of his, um, his stuff, especially on masterclass, which is amazing. Um, that where he came from humble beginnings and he had people that are around him that, that were going to help him out. Um, we're going on to the next question because mindful of the time, I don't want to, to run over. Uh, I know that you give back a lot to, to children and future generations, um, which I love. But what would your business message be right now to the future generations that are looking to get into business? Well, a, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it's important to understand um, that my my late wife had a phrase uh, which I have adopted uh, that I think is fantastic, and it's the basis of the BNI Foundation, which she and I co-founded, uh, and that is that children represent twenty percent of our population, but they are one hundred percent of our future. And so, it's very important, I believe, and she believed that we um, support children's programs because they absolutely are the future of of the world and so uh, i i am um, i have supported children's programs for for decades within bni and we've given away millions and millions of dollars uh to children's programs but what was the second part of your question you asked about the children yeah it was just what, what advice would you give them especially if they're looking to get into business yeah yeah, so I have a really good friend. He's a BNI director. You may or may not know him, Mike Macedonio, who had to talk to 10-year-olds about um, what it was like to be an entrepreneur. I mean, what do you say to a 10-year-old, right? And so I love I love this story. It was vocation day. He was going in. He was going to talk about entrepreneurship to 10-year-olds. Most 10-year-olds can't even pronounce the word. And so he said, I want to know the coolest thing about being 
an entrepreneur. They're like, what? You have no boss. (laughs) And they're like, no, you have no boss. No, you have no boss. It's your business. And boom, he had those kids. And so my message would be, you know, find something in young people that lights them up. It gets them excited. Uh, and for 10-year-olds, the concept that there would be a job where there's no boss was outside their paradigm. And so if you can find ways to communicate to young people things that uh, get them excited, um, then then I think it's important to do that. It's important to give back, to pour into the next generation uh, of people. That's why I have taught off and on uh, for 17 years uh, at uh, colleges and universities. And I don't do it for the money, trust me. Uh, I do it because I think it's really important to pour back into into young people. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think it's, it's massively important. Um, so my dad, I love him to bits, but he wanted me to get the security. So hence I joined the military. Uh, and then after that, that's when I became an entrepreneur, trying to give back and trying to follow my own passion. So absolutely agree with that. If I'd have heard Graham's question uh, posed to myself, I'd have said, go back and go to what you love. Um, I did I did have an amazing time in the military, but it's still not where I wanted to be. But so. there are things that, you know, the military, I did not go to the military. I was, I was recruited um, to be a naval officer, but I couldn't take the time off to do uh, boot camp. So I had to turn down the commission. Um, there's, there, you know, there's a real benefit to going into the military. Uh, it gives you um, a, a a sense of purpose. It certainly gives you structure. Uh, you know, you know how to organize and structure your life. And so I, I would, and I'm sure you have, take what you learn from that and apply it to your entrepreneurship. You'll be a better business person as a result. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of transitional skills. So I did 22 years, so uh, a lot of transitional skills that that I've got from the military with that. Wow. So 22, you don't look old enough, Gary. Me, yeah. Uh, I, I, let let's save that recording. That's going to be in okay. the soundbite. I don't look old <laughs> enough. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I did his paper round, Ivan. So me and Graham went to school together, <laughs> and uh, there's a a big big difference. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, about uh, two two children and some more business years. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, you, neither one of you look old enough to have been doing anything for 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't thank you. I didn't even join the military till I was 20 as well. So there we oh, go. Well. Um but yeah, no, thank you. That's a great compliment. Um but yeah. On on that note, Gary, I wanted to say I've I've noticed that the the kind of structure, the the kind of um dedication and and uh, motivation that I've seen that you bring to the table is is phenomenal. And I and I say some you've got some of that from your your military experience. Well, thank you. And Joe, I don't want to leave you out. I, I don't know <laughs> your story, but you look great too. <laughs> Fantastic. What more can we say? Yeah, that's definitely that's my new ringtone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Joe always um, it does, looks great. It does, yeah. It, it reminds me actually of, again of another Jim Rohn line. Jim Rohn says you have to pay the price. Do you pay the price of discipline or the price of regret? And a a military background certainly gives you, tees you up that the the price of discipline is... The discipline, no question about it. ...significantly lower than the prices of regret of what you haven't done later. Agreed. Absolutely. Do you know, on the the note of giving back, I I must admit, um, when I 
joined BNI in 2017 uh, at the same time, I actually started supporting Young Enterprise, which is a um, is a charity in the UK, which supports um, children, secondary school children, who uh, educate them and help them build a company and how to, to run a company. And, and that, as well as the Nas National Citizenship Service, helps them prepare them for the world after school and, and to, to kind of manage, manage budgets. And that's, I must admit, um, it's voluntary, but the feel-good factor is enormous because um, you kind of see some of the light bulb moments that, that kind of with the children, they just realise, actually, I like this, I'm good at this, I might focus on some of this in my future life. And it's um, it's really rewarding, I found. I didn't know that, but I did that at school when I was 16 to 18. We, we were in a young enterprise programme, set up a business ourselves, did trade shows, did marketing campaigns, radio ads, all sorts. And it was a fantastic introduction. So, it, You know, it's, it's a, it is a great way to give back. And uh, I, I'm very supportive of programmes like that. And for the skeptics uh, who are watching, um, it's also a great way to build your network because you are surrounding yourself with other successful people uh, that are great people to get to know. And oftentimes uh, you're networking up. There are people in those groups who are more successful than you are. I mean, I remember, you know, I started working with children in education with uh, big brothers, big sisters. You know, I was a big brother for a while. Uh, then I joined a, a local Rotary Club and I had done Rotary Club, which had a lot of projects for children. And it was in a Rotary Club that someone um, visited and, and was talking about their uh, children's center. And I said, you know, I'd really like to get back into specifically supporting children's programs. And he said, great, you want to be on the board? <laughs> it turns out he was the director. Uh, of the place. And he said, uh, you know, I'll submit your name for the board. So now I'm on the board and I'm sitting with people like the president of Rainbird, the, the, the water company, the, the sprinkler company, he was on the board and other people were on the board way more successful than me. When I stepped down from that board, on that board was the president of the university of Laverne. When I stepped down from that board after many years, I mean, I, I, I must've been gone like three hours. <laughs> and he calls me up and he said, I didn't want to steal you away from that board, but now that you've stepped down, we would love to have you on the board of directors for the University of Laverne. And uh, I'm like, okay. And here's, here's the thing. Each step was a step higher in terms of board participation to the point where I was really spending time with highly, highly successful um, wealthy individuals, and it's great to surround yourself with people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can echo that. To to be fair, Ivan, because I've just been invited onto the regional board for Young Enterprise for for Derbyshire, which um, I, I think it took me about three seconds to decide. Probably less than that, if I'm honest, whether yeah. I was going to do it. And so I'm 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 on the the regional board, and um, I'm thrilled, if I'm honest, because I'm look forward to. So yes, there's the network, like you're saying. Um, but again, we 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 we've got the future coming through. So um, yeah. Yeah, really, really thrilled with that. Thanks. Yeah, and and I think doing good uh, also helps you do well. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's great so, to be um, among like-minded people that want to give back to future generations. Um, 
I'm, I am pleased to be part of this this group of of people that yeah. are on the screen. It's amazing. And again, it, it throws back to the, the value-driven organisation. That the, It's the values that lay the foundation that everything else is built on. It's the values on there, the foundation. It is, and that's why one of our principal core values are um, giver's gain. Yeah. It, it's, it is our principal core value of our seven core values. And to me, giver's gain is more than a phrase. It's a way of living one's life. It's a perspective to view and interact with the world. It's an attitude, not an expectation. And when it's applied properly, it'll change your life. And when it changes enough lives, it'll change the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I did notice is, do you know, when you, you're having connecting meetings, one-to-one -one meetings or business meetings, just sharing some of what you do personally and as well as volunteering helps you build that rapport so quickly. So, for example, I was speaking to someone and I just happened to mention, um, I've got the meeting but I've got to be gone by four o'clock on that day because I've got to be at the um, Beaver Scouts, which I'm a kind of assistant leader for. Uh, and they says, never. Oh, I'm a, I'm a scout treasurer for the district down the road. And it was just the report just goes from kind of four or five to kind of 10 automatically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I just think I that do, it's, that, it, it's so. the reason why uh, I helped to create the gains exchange, which you gentlemen may be familiar with goals, accomplishments, interests, networks, and skills. So that when you're doing one-to-ones with people, you share that. I share my goals. You share your goals. I share my accomplishments. You share your accomplishments, interests, uh, networks, and then skills. And the reason that um, we developed that with my, I developed it with my co-author was that we were looking for overlapping areas of interest, because if you can find somebody who has an overlapping area of interest with you, all of a sudden it becomes a force multiplier in that relationship development, which is, I think what you were saying, Graham, it, it takes you from one level to another because you have an overlapping area of interest. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that it does also do is it actually, it doesn't just identify how you can help someone. It actually creates that desire. I want to now help that yeah, person. Right. Agreed. And again, that's a distinguishing feature, I think, in, in, in the BNI organization. I have looked at other networking organizations that were either just purely local or were part of a, a national frameworks within the UK. And all of that was essentially about collecting business cards, whereas BNI is founded upon relationships. Relationships are the start and the finish and all the bits in the middle. And the yeah. business that comes out of it comes out of it naturally and organically because you're working with people that you've built up a friendship and a connection with um, by common interests, as you say, or by sort of common areas of expertise. Um, and again, in terms of taking what we're doing to a, to a global audience, that BNI framework has given us the the means by which we can start conversations with people who start as complete strangers on the other side of the world, yeah. but follow the same system, speak the same networking language, send over to one another the same gain sheets, and then suddenly you yeah. start to recognize, even at 12,000 miles distant, the commonalities and the shared and, interests. And, the shared and that's what happens when you have 300,000 members in yeah. more than 76 countries around the world. I like to say different people, different places, different races, different religions, different countries, different cultures. We all speak the language of referrals. Right. We all want to do business with people we know, like, and trust. And uh, that's what we try to do in, in BNI and in any good networking organization is build relationships with people that you um, develop trust with. And when you develop that trust, then you want to do business with them. And and it's um it's it's a lot easier in BNI. I mean, think about think about uh, you know another online network like LinkedIn. And there's nothing wrong with LinkedIn. I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn. 
But if I reached out to my contacts or my contacts reached out to me and said, hey, I'm going to be in uh, Austin. Would you introduce me around to 20 or 30 people? I'd be like, I'm sorry, who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd, most LinkedIn contacts, I don't know. And um, But in BNI, if you reached out to somebody in another country and you said, I'm going to be in your city, I'd love to come visit your chapter. Would you mind introducing me to your members? They'd go, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it happens. And that's um, because of the, the shared core values that we have in the organization and the fact that we are uh, worldwide. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's worked for us. So we reached out and we got somebody from Hong Kong to fly to the UK and we showed him UK real estate, UK property. Uh, nice. And and again, now he's investing with us. So outstanding. So there great. is. I mean, it's not just one. That's it. That's a great example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm actually going to jump in, guys, if that's all right, because uh, that kind of one of the questions I was going to ask. Um, yeah, go ahead. I mentioned that I, my interest in BNI originally was just to look at the systems and processes and how does something work so well in 76 different nations. Um, and I was reminded of, I had a conversation with a guy who was a change management consultant from the Netherlands about 10 years or so ago. Um, and he said when his company works in South Korea, it was fine because they understood they were traveling across the world. They had a different culture, different value systems. So they studied it and were prepared for it. But when they'd done business with a company in Denmark, it had been a complete disaster because they just assumed as fellow Northern Europeans that they would share values and it was yeah. different and they were kind of off kilter. So in creating a network that exists and functions brilliantly across 76 nations, what have been the biggest kind of cultural challenges that have stress tested the BNI system and the BNI model. So there are always, you know, cultural differences. Uh, I think what we as a, a humankind tend to do is we look for the differences more than the similarities. <clears throat> Let's start with uh, something simple, <clears throat> like uh, in Asia, uh, in Japan, they call it the Maishi ritual, where you hand out a business card, you, you hold mm -hmm. two quarters, you, you 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 hand it to somebody, you bow, they accept the business card that you bow, you comment on the business. That's the Maishi ritual. And yeah. I remember somebody saying to me, "This will never work in Japan, because you know, especially North, you know, North American, it's like." Oh, yeah, here's my business card. You know, <laughs> you, you toss a business card. You'll write on a business card, which is a big no-no in most Asian countries. You don't do that. And they said, see, you, you, we're so different. And I said, yeah, there's some differences. But look, think about this. We're all handing out business cards. It's not, it's not business cards in one country and rocks in another country. You know what I mean? There's still business cards. And so one of the reasons why I think BNI works is that there are a lot of cultural similarities. There are many dissimilarities, but there are a lot of cultural similarities. But here's the other reason why it works so well. What BNI has done is put a, a, a system in a process, which is an overlay on top of the existing cultural context. So within a BNI chapter, you don't have um, Brits doing business with um, Swedes who are doing business with Indians who are doing business with the Chinese who are doing You have local community people doing business with local community people within the cultural context. On top of that is this overlay that we have put in, which is based on building relationships and trust. Where exactly in the world in an entrepreneurial nation, that's the big modifier, 
In an entrepreneurial nation, where in the world is trust and relationships? Where are they not important? Well, they're important in every country. And so, yeah, there are different cultural um, situations, but the system is one that uh, works within the cultural context, not outside the cultural context. Does that make sense? Yeah, fabulous. And the example's brilliant. Yeah, although you don't know this, but I lived and worked in Japan for a little while. Um, and it, you remind me, there was a, a book written there by an American expat business person who'd spent a number of years there under the pseudonym of Max Danger, an ex The Adventures of an Expat in Tokyo. And he said, two things you need to know about doing business in Japan. The first is that the Japanese are culturally completely different from us. And the second is that the Japanese are culturally exactly the same as we are. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities, yeah. Uh, and you know, and and it's not like you know Americans are doing business with Japanese. It happens. It happens through the, the you know with BNI Connect, just as you described, people from Hong Kong coming there. But you know when you when when that happens, there is still a cultural connection, mm -hmm. and that cultural connection are the core values of BNI. Uh, things like givers gain, building relationships, lifelong learning, positive attitude. These are all values in BNI that. Um, one country shares with another country. I'll tell you a quick story. First time I ever heard uh, a BNI meeting in another language, decades ago, <clears throat> decades ago. And the first time I heard it was in Sweden. And I was at a, a big visitor's day in Sweden. And uh, the entire meeting was in Swedish. And Swedish isn't like, you know, French, where you can pick up a word here or there, or I grew up in Southern California, so it's, it's not like Spanish where you definitely know a little Spanish. Mm -hmm. Swedish, I didn't know any Swedish. And Swedish, you know, the, it sounds, to me, it sounds like, you know, they're saying, <laughs> so they're, they're having this whole meeting in Swedish and one of the members leans over to me and says, you have no idea what they're talking about, do you? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, they're introducing the referral part of the meeting. They're explaining that if you have a referral, give it. And if you don't, uh, to give a testimonial. And the guy goes, wow, you speak Swedish? I said, no, that's what happens at this part of the meeting. <laughs> he was like, man, that's exactly what they're talking about. I know, because that happens at every part of the meeting, because it's all about structure, system, process, in building trust and relationships. Yeah, universals, effectively. Yeah. Agreed. Excellent. All right, what else? Um, Who's I've next? got it. I've got. I've got one for you, Ivan. Um, when it comes to your business journey, which was the key decision that you got right that usually paid off, and why? Well, the the, the biggest business decision, first of all, deciding to do BNI uh, was a pretty big business decision because I did not create BNI as a as an organization. I just needed. I wanted one group uh, to 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 help people get me give me referrals and so I could help my friends get referrals. And it was, you know, into that year that I recognized that I had struck a chord in the business community that I didn't anticipate. And so that was, you know, that was the beginning of it all. Uh, uh, at the end of that year, I had my Brody moment. You guys remember Sheriff Brody from the movie Jaws? At the end of the movie, he's throwing chum out into the ocean and you've never seen the shark, but all of a sudden for the first time you see the shark, it comes up out of the water and almost takes off his arm and his eyes get as big as saucers. He turns around to the captain and he says to the captain, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yep. And that was my Brody moment. 
where I realized I'm going to need a bigger boat. This is going to scale. We now have 10,900 groups in 70 some countries. So mm -hmm. uh, that was the, the first one. I think that the, the biggest after that was the decision to do BNI Connect, uh, which uh, was released 11 years ago, but started probably about 14 years ago. And it was um, absolutely the, it almost bankrupted me. Uh, it was it was absolutely the biggest decision that I made. And it wasn't the technology that was the worst part. It was the people agreeing to the elements of the technology that became the most complicated part. And if you want the whole story, I got a book coming out later this year called The Third Paradigm. It should be out before the end of the year. The first paradigm is competition. The second paradigm is cooperation. The third paradigm is co-creation. So I'm going to let you in on a secret, okay? You can't tell anybody. <laughs> I tell a story. It is interwoven into every chapter. We surveyed 4,000 people to figure out what works and doesn't work with co-creation. But there's a story interwoven in between every chapter about Richard and this program that he's putting together. It's me and I connect. Uh, Richard is my middle name. Uh, <laughs> we didn't want we didn't want the book to be about me. We wanted the book to be about co-creation. So we didn't say, and we don't even in the entire book we don't say it's me. At the end of the book, um, one of the one of the co-authors says uh, that the story is totally true and it's about one of the co-authors. But uh, I'm telling you because you're in BNI. Get a copy of the third paradigm, and as you read the story, that's the story of BNI Connect, and you'll see what a disaster it was, and yet what a game changer it became. Yeah, I've seen that. I okay, but you, so you can't tell anybody it's me, right? This is just <laughs> no. Our, our lips are sealed. That's uh, I, I feel an ad slot coming on, but there we go. <laughs> well, we, you know, um, I'm I am one of those members, Ivan, that remembers the slips the old paper slips yeah and 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 also i know actually enjoy the life now that is actually all in a, a phone app and i've seen the transition from from one to two and and i'm sure there was millions of versions in between painful 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 <laughs> versions yes but we are in a better we are in a better place now because of your pain Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, it was it was it was the right decision, but it was uh, difficult. The beauty of it is that it, that program literally went through all three paradigms. It started with competition. It went to cooperation. Neither of those worked. It wasn't until I had BNI Connect focus on a co-creative process, like crowdsourcing. For for those of you who don't know what co-creation is, crowdsourcing is sort of the the, the poster child for what. Uh, co-creation is. And um, it wasn't until we co-created the, the BNI Connect program that it was um, successful and has been a game changer. I mean, can, can you imagine 10,900 groups mailing in reports, handwritten reports every month? That's what we were doing just 11 years ago. Wow. wow. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. It was thousands. How did you manage? God, it was hard. It was difficult. It was slow. It was messy. It was cumbersome. Yeah, didn't work. These these leadership teams don't know they're born now, do they, Ivan? No, they don't. And here's the here's the beauty. We now know um, have a much much better idea of what the thank you for closed business was. Before then, 
The thank you for closed business was all based on uh, in my doctoral dissertation where I did a statistical stratified random sampling of members to calculate uh, what the average value of a referral was. And then each year I, I, I added to it the cost of living in increases. What we discovered was um, that my numbers were way low because I did that all the data was collected about six or seven years into BNI. And what I hadn't thought about was having hundreds and thousands of chapters that were a decade old, two decades old. Yeah. And you know, older chapters that are successful generate bigger and bigger and bigger volumes of numbers. And so we took a photograph of the organization in its infancy and then extrapolated from that over time. What we discovered when we did BNI Connect was that my my um, calculation, my 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 formula, uh, did not take into account longevity of members and how much more business they would generate. And so now, um, now it's based 100% on what members claim. And do you think that sometimes maybe members forget to claim um, something? So if anything, it's still low. Yeah, but the the growth turned out to be exponential rather than linear. Yeah, absolutely. BNI is a great example of uh, the J curve. Uh, yeah. You know, where it just uh, it, it it goes uh, up in a it's sort of in the form of a J. Uh, we've had thirty eight years of consecutive growth, year on year. There's very few companies in the world that can say they've grown for thirty eight years in a row. Now, during COVID, that growth flattened a bit, mm -hmm. but um, so we got a little bit of a handle there. But it's it's still up. And um, uh, and we anticipate that this year will be another, you know, growth back to pre-COVID days. Yeah, I, I think from that perspective, Ivan, um, in good times, um, having a strong network is around you. But in bad times, it's equally more important. And that comes from somebody who used to help yeah. businesses turn themselves around. So having that network of trusted partners around you in lots of different skill sets and knowledge, um, it's invaluable. I don't know, yeah, don't know it, why it we is. do without it. Yeah. And when you look at the BNI's growth chart, um, <clears throat> you can't tell if, if there were no years across the bottom, you could not possibly tell where the recessions were um, because they just don't show. And you you identified exactly why. When times are tough, uh, people are hungry and they're going out looking for ways to generate business, they join BNI. When times are great, things are highly competitive. And so they're looking for ways to build their business and they go out and join BNI. And so we have grown dramatically during good times and bad times. The only time, like I said, where it, it flattened a bit, it, it, it still we still grew. Uh, but you could see that COVID uh, certainly impacted um, the the rate of growth within the organization. Yeah, well, I can't think of anything in in certainly in recent times that that's hit business across the board on 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 such yeah. a level. Not in our lifetime. And, and for and, BNI to have continued in that, to, to grow through that, it's just yeah, remarkable. It's remarkable, it is. Now, here's a thought, you know, because people, uh, you know, they, they really immersed themselves in how bad COVID was. And listen, COVID was bad. Those years were bad. Uh, I lost my wife during those years. Those were those were bad years. Um, but imagine if it had happened in 1990 instead of 2020, mm -hmm. where there was no technology. Um, the technology enabled many businesses to survive. It certainly allowed BNI to help businesses survive because we flipped within weeks 
We flipped every country uh, from in-person. Imagine 10,000 in-person meetings flipping to 10,000 online meetings, which is what we did in a matter of weeks, country by country. And um, we couldn't have done that in 1990. So there would have either been uh, a lot more bankruptcies than we had worldwide, or there would have been a lot more deaths than we had worldwide. And I don't want to, I don't want to minimize either, mm -hmm. but the technology was a game changer for us as a, as a world economy. Um, I think it helped save the economy. Yeah. Well, well certainly Ivan, in, in our region, we only went one week without a meeting. And the, the very next week after that, we were online and we were meeting mm -hmm. again and the, the moral, the moral support, the business being passed, mm -hmm. just, people staying sane yeah. and yeah. safe it was um, somebody have somebody there to support them and help them yeah that's the point at which the networking and the the relationships and the community really came to the fore i think that, yeah uh, look at your network i'm sorry I finished yeah. joe yeah. no i was gonna say that there's just mark and i as an organization as different because it's not it is about numbers but it's not just about numbers and that ultimately what kept everybody together were the relationships yeah, listen, your network is a beacon of hope in a sea of fear. We live in crazy times in so many ways. But your network is a beacon of hope. They are a group of people that you can go to and rely on to be there, support you, help you get through through difficult times. I could spend hours just telling stories about people who, um, through their participation in BNI and the network that they've created, it saved their business. And so uh, it tr truly is a beacon of hope in a sea of fear. Absolutely. I totally agree. And on, and on that, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up. So I did have one final question, but you've answered that question perfectly. Uh, I totally agree. It is a beacon of hope. And it's a beacon of hope for everybody. And, and I'm hoping that everybody that's been listening has got so much value and they've enjoyed it listening to this as much as we've enjoyed um, actually interviewing uh, Ivan because it's it's such a pleasure to have you here, Ivan. Um, summarizing it, get get a network, but not just any network. Get the correct network. Get disciplined. Uh, with yeah. the foundations of the business, um, everything that Ivan has set up and been living in the past. So please have a look at uh, if you've never heard of BNI. I mean, where have you been living? If you've never heard of BNI under a rock, get out there and start having a look at this uh, and look at the amazing network that's been created, uh, Ivan. Well, Thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate it. And I think that people uh, in difficult times either get frozen by fear or focused by fear. And BNI helps you get focused by fear. It helps you get focused by your worries and concerns. So yeah, go visit a BNI group, bni.com, and go visit one of the, the country websites and find out where you can go visit a chapter locally or online. 68% of our organization has gone back to meeting in person. 16% is online completely. And 16% is a hybrid meeting once a month in person and the rest online. So you have choices. Choices of a great network that, that do support each other. And I think that's the difference is it is the support element that you don't get in any other network. That's amazing. Anyway, thank you very much, Ivan. Thank you very much, gents, for being part of this as well. Uh, we can't thank you enough and can't thank your team enough for, for agreeing for this. Um, My pleasure. And we look Thank forward you. to continuing in this great network. Thank you. Great. Uh, if great you enjoyed interview. this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us. Uh, certainly, if you want us to signpost you towards uh, Ivan Meisner, or if you want us to signpost you towards BNI, come and reach out and come speak to us, and we'll be open and honest and let you know what it is. But thank you for listening. <laughs>